Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Emerging Nine Golf Podcast. I'm Mike here with Jay and McLean. How are you, gents, doing? Wonderful. Another amazing, beautiful Tuesday night here. Yes, we are recording on a Tuesday night. McLean had date night last night. I'm not sure why you recorded our scheduled date night on Monday night, but you know, it it was one of those things where it was just like I said yes and didn't realize everything that I was saying yes to at the time. And then realize after you don't have this set in the calendar, 830 podcast. No, no. when you have like 19 things going on and she's like, hey, babe, I'm getting the babysitter. We're going to go out to dinner tomorrow night. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. That sounds awesome, babe. You you do what she says that. Well, that's where it was. And that's what had happened. So when it comes (laughs) Monday afternoon, I'm sitting there, I'm going, oh, wait a second. Yeah, this isn't good. And trying to cancel at that point would have resulted in so much pain that I just couldn't have done it. Like I would have rather had to dip out this week or or something else, but regardless, I'm glad to be here with you guys tonight. No problem. How was everyone's weekend? Good. Good. It was good. good. Yeah. We took, I took my son to a two week sports. Oh, that's right. No phones, no, any, any, no type of communication, communication with him. And he's nine. So I was expecting him to cry, but it was really my wife that was crying. We dropped him off. He was like, yeah, see you guys. I'm ready. Let's go. (laughs) He was like, get out of here. Um, Like old school letters. That's the only way you communicate. I'll be honest. I was like, I I don't, I don't think I've been away from the kid from for two weeks without any communication, maybe a couple of days, but not two weeks. So um, we'll see how that goes, but he seemed excited about it. yeah, but it's good for him. He's nine years old. He needs to learn how to get adjusted to different environment, different people, you know, be away. He'll figure it out. He'll like, be a great ah, social you know. aspect for him. Yeah, it's, it's good. And, yeah, and it's, will sports, be good. it's kind of a sports camp. So it's just right up his alley. So he's going to, he's going to, he's going to like it. Nice. So. Awesome. Yeah. My weekends are just surrounded by play dates. I'm mm-hmm. trying to figure out who I'm going to hang out with on Saturday, which family we're going on Sunday, which is great. Like we have great times, but I realized um, talking to one of the uh, one of the people I work with who's much younger up in Orlando and talking about what's going on this week. And I was like, ah, we got a play date Saturday morning. And then uh, you know, Sunday, dates. Sunday, we're, we got a little afternoon thing with some friends. They're, they're going to bring their kid over. Our kids are going to play together. It's, it's kind of another play date. And uh, I kind of shook their head. It was like, Oh, things do change when you have kids. And also I was like, oh yeah, you're right. That sounded exactly like it sounded. All right. Yeah. I'm out of here. I am out of here. Yeah. A little, little different. Out of here. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, Hey, but that's all good. Like, Hey, you know, none of us would change it for the world, but um, you know, it definitely feels like that Will Ferrell and old school moment. You're like, Hey, you know, we're going to, Stop by Home Depot, you know. <laughs> Bed Come Bath on. and Beyond. Yeah, Bed Bath and Beyond. Where are we? I'm not sure if we're gonna have enough time. Yeah. Well, um, very good. I, I sold a house. I sold my house this weekend. How about that? Yeah. Sort of. Amazing. Under, under contract. Okay. I'm current you had a good you had a good agent, didn't you? You know, so I was where are you moving? For, for the mm-hmm. listeners, so I'm currently building a home that will be done in a in a few months. And so we decided to put the house. Our current house on the market now just before interest rates go up and try to 
you know, more people are buying in the summertime. So try to take advantage of the market and put it on the uh, about 5.30 Thursday night went on sale and about 10 o'clock Sunday morning, we had a signed contract. And so I was talking to one of my members about it and going over and we got pretty much what we wanted. We got over ask. We have a little bit of a rent back in there. Cheap. It's great. And one of my members was like, man, your real estate agent knocked it out of the park. I said, you know, what the best part is I don't have to pay her commission and I get to sleep with her occasionally. <laughs> Please, since it's my wife. Very so, occasionally. Uh, very occasionally. Heavy on the occasion. <laughs> she, um, she, so, yeah, she did a good job. She did a great job. job. You guys, it, it worked. It, it it definitely worked out to your in your favor with the the lease back, and I mean that was just awesome. Yeah, they it really uh, was awesome. They did us a solid there. Um, so we're we're yeah. happy. I will. I will. Is also the buyer a is the buyer a podcast listener? I don't believe so. No. Well, oh, throw them okay. some teas oh. in there with the deal. <laughs> I'll give him a koozie in both colors. Roman Enon koozie, maybe a hat, and then <laughs> two more than go. I got. See what see what comes of it. Uh, Never know. No, that's okay. awesome. I, I will also refrain from furthering uh, or further pestering you about the uh, details of the exact location once I realize the format that we are speaking on. Currently. Yeah, this is I kind of picked up on that right. Oh yeah, where where exactly are you moving? Yeah, what? <laughs> What, oh, which street? Yeah, One, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 What's yeah. your, Sorry what's your address? Yeah. Let's what's just address? let's just get that out of you the want, open. You want you want my social security number while we're at it? <laughs> <laughs> get my identity stolen in a heartbeat. I mean, because there's just throngs of people listening to this podcast. So, but let's get into uh, let's get. Into, oh, sorry, I, I'm I've been missing this last few weeks. What are we drinking? Mm. Jay, can you remember this week? I can because I oh, brought, you the, brought bottle. the bottle. Wow. <laughs> yep. I am because I knew you were going to ask that. me and I didn't want to remember all of the details, but this is a Bardstown Bourbon Company Fusion Series. Number seven. Show and, and tell it, Jay. I will say this, this, this company is great. The Fusion Series is okay. They've got a Discovery Series that is like really high end, but. This is this is really good. It's it's made fifty four percent of their uh, Bardstown Bourbon Company. It's a three year. And then they got a ten percent, which is which is another three year. And then they go to um, down the line twenty percent of it is a twelve year uh, Kentucky, you know, mash, which is like corn seventy eight percent corn, ten percent rye, and then twelve percent mal- uh, malted barley, and then ten percent uh, of it is another twelve year Kentucky blend. So, I mean, it's for the money, it's a, it's really good. And you can buy this again, any ABC store. Again, we're in Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, although South Carolina, I don't think is regulated, but um, it's not that expensive. It's like a $50 bottle. Nice. It's awesome. Really good. McLean. Corona light. Okay. All right. There we go. Got that done. What percentage of that is a 12 year. Um, and what <laughs> Yeah, so it's a four percent ABV. That that, wow. that is correct. All right, uh, I'm on some Legion. Oh, nice! Yeah, that's a good good bourbon. I love that stuff, is, and that's t- especially for what forty five dollars or whatever it is here in Virginia. Awesome! It's, it actually uh, used to be like a thirty dollar bottle until you know about a year ago, and then they kept they keep bumping the price up. 
Yeah. Because it's good. It's very good. Very smooth. So that's it. Let's, um, let's get into some golf now. Huh? We had the three M and I, I have to apologize last week. I said the three M in Detroit. It's not in Detroit. It's in the twin cities. Uh, the PJ tour is going to Detroit this week. I happened to get the rocket mortgage and three M confused, which is, I know it's hard for me to, I can't believe I did that. There's such big events on the calendar, but we were in the twin cities in Minnesota as a three M this week. And your boy, Jay, your boy, Tony Finau with a huge comeback or more Scott Piercy choking, but it was a big a comeback for Tony Finau. Um, Which I done. will say, uh, both of these guys are buddies of mine. I, I, I will say probably more so Scott Piercy. Um, and I haven't played with Scott in years, but we play used to play a lot of golf together, and we used to we used to gamble on the golf course. And he was a like a fun. He's like a guy's guy. Like you play a round of golf, a tournament round of golf with Scott Piercy. He's like, Hey, all right, $20 longest drive on this hole. All right, cool. I mean, we would do that on every hole. And he was, he was a, he was a guy's guy. He was fun, easy to play with. And so I always pull for him. I know he had a, a couple weird, weird things uh, in the past couple of years, maybe a couple comments that he probably would want to take back. But in the end, he's, he's a good guy. He's been out there for, you know, almost 15 years now. Um, so I, it was, a, I was a little bummed to see him kind of fold like that. Uh, I kind of was pulling for him because th- those type of players, those journeymen that kind of, they, they're good enough to hang around. They're not good enough to maybe dominate on a week to week basis. So anytime those guys get in the hunt, you kind of, I don't know. I kind of pull for him. Uh, the, the, the general fans like, who's this guy? Who's Scott Piercy? I don't know who the heck he is. And I was like, well, he's been on tour for 15 years. So he's obviously pretty good, but people know who Tony Finau is because he's, a he's made his name with his length and you know, his top 10 finishes and his finishes in majors and so forth. So and the big break and the big break, which he finished second or third in. Um, that's right. That's exactly right. So, that's what it's all sort <laughs> no, yeah. Hey, no one has a like poster on the wall or anything so, over yeah. their left shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did get, I actually did get a bunch of, a bunch of uh, text messages. Once he won, they were like, Oh, nice. They're like, Oh, he finished second in the big break or what are second, second or third. He may have finished third. I'm not sure. But anyway, I, I was like, uh, whatever. I get it. I get it. It's all fun and games. And, but, He's obviously an incredible player. Um, yeah, great player. But no, I'm with you. And it, you know, I, I like Scott Piercy as well. Uh, I've always yeah. liked his game. I like his. I like his move. It's a little different. Ten finger I grip. Just, I, he still uses a ten finger grip. I, I've always liked. I've always liked the way he plays the game. Um, I like that little pause. He kind of gets that club stretched out, creates some extension, and just absolutely yeah. releases it. Um, He's always done that, and he flushes it. Scott is oh, always hit it just like right on the butt. Out like right the, in the ball center. striker. We're, Wait, we're, we're talking Scott or Fina? Scott Piercy. Okay. Scott, sorry. Yeah. Um, and I was yeah, absolutely sure. rooting for him. I, I, you know, the the meltdown was partial him, but he he also got kind of screwed, fat or getting it uh, plugged into the face of that bunker into a unhittable golf shot or not unhittable but unable to actually advance the golf balls 
to a certain extent. I mean, all he could do was fat it an extra 10, 15 yards up to continue in the exact same bunker. And I would argue that that ball should hit up into that and, re- and release down into the center of a bunker in a fairway, especially that it shouldn't be able to plug up into the lip like that. Um, yeah. I, now I, I do understand that there are some places and times where that's not necessarily, not necessarily able to be prevented a hundred percent of the time, but where it was, I felt like it was far enough down from the lip to where it was kind of, it kind of sucked for, for everyone involved because it pretty much determined the golf tournament. I mean, he fats it up from there, but then at the same time, he does then hit it in the water and end up making a quad. So it's not like you can blame everything on that. But when you talk about a massive determining factor of uh, the condition of the golf course, really playing a big part in, you know, I think uh, for the most part, if that hits anywhere else, you might be able to at least get a club on it and advance it somewhere near the green. That was a very penalizing, uh, a penalizing spot where if it's not a water hazard, I don't know that the penalty makes as much sense in my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he still went seven over in his last, um, oh, what, without question, 11 holes without question, but it was all spurred by that massive quad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he had a, what, a five stroke lead at one point and loses by four. Well, it sucks because it went from it, it, it never even made it a golf tournament. It, it, it yeah. still wasn't a golf tournament when the hole was over. It went from him being way the fuck out front to making a quad while Finau makes a birdie. You got a five-shot swing, and all of a sudden, wait a second, Piercy's two back, and Finau's out by three, or Piercy's whatever back. But also, what what just happened? Oh, it's still not an interesting golf tournament. Man, I can't wait till Liv comes back on. (laughs) Um, And and Tony, Tony had a hard time closing, too. He doinks one. Doinks one off the grandstand on 17, almost goes in the water, is out by like a foot, and then drives it in the water on 18 and makes bogey. I'm like, Tony, 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 come on, pal. Oh, he tried to give that thing away. Sound like a 1980s uh, R&B band right now. (laughs) No, Tony Tony got handed that golf tournament on a silver platter because he sure as shit tried to lose it especially when he hit the drive on 18, trying to feather that cut out there. And it just kind of ran out and you knew that he healed it a little bit holding off because he held that finish just a little bit longer. He goes, Oh no. Yep. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. I got ourselves a leaker here, boys. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I mean, you know, Tony really hasn't had a good year. No, you know, this he- is one of his worst years. Well, buddy, Look at where he was. Oh, an off-field event. Yeah, that's. His, I that's mean, his it history. was it was a terrible event. It was one of the. I don't have the stats in front of me. I, I read them. Um, I think it was yesterday. It was one of the weakest fields of the year. I think it might have been the second weakest field of the year for a non-alternate field event. So take out the Barbersall that you know, those that go against the majors or WGCs. Um, it was, it was poor and I'm not, I'm not sure if that makes it easier or harder. I know we kind of had that discussion with Ron when he won Mexico this year. Is it easier or harder when you're the big fish almost expected to win? Um, 
I mean, I think it's easier to play well. It's probably harder to win. Okay. Yeah, it's a good way to put it. It's easy. Like going into the event, you're like, I'm going to play well. I'm going to finish in the top 10 or the top five. Now, whether the, the breaks happen and I win, that's yet to be seen. But it's definitely easier to finish in the top. You have so much confidence coming into this, knowing that the field is so shallow. And again, we've talked about this. Like that's that. I think that's one of the issues with the PJ Tour schedule is like we've got too many events like this. Um, and I, there's there's plenty of there's plenty plenty room for argument um, in terms of the charity aspect and and what the PJ Tour does for each community and and donating. But at the same time, for a fan, um, it's just it's hard to get into these events. It's hard to get up for it. It's hard to get excited. It's like okay, we just came off the British Open. It, I, it and honestly, I'd rather just have a couple weeks off. As much as I love golf and I would like to watch golf every week, and I understand that that's where they make their money. From a as a from a fan standpoint, I would it, it I'd rather just have like two weeks off, and then the next event I have something to look forward to, and I could get up for it. But like, it it's so mundane. Like the, it's like oh, oh the 3M Classic in the Twin Cities. Like um, I, whatever you know. I hate to say it. I mean, I'm no, just, I, I, think, I, so I I so I would like to see. Have. Like we've talked about, sorry, McLean, I'll go in one second. No, go ahead, bud. I'd like to see, like we've talked about, some sort of an off season where there's two months off, no golf, make the fan miss it. And I think the week after a major, there should not be a golf tournament. Yeah. After every major, there should be just an off week. Give these guys time to relax, chill out, come down from the emotions and the grind of a major week. And then maybe you get stronger fields, you know, that, that two weeks yeah. after. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I've I've said that from day one. I just I just don't. It's I'm on both sides from both sides of the spectrum. There, as a player, you know, say you're the you're 175 on the list, and you're like, hey man, this is my chance to play in an event. The off the off event of a major or the week after a major, I know I'm going to get in and play, and I get it. Um, but at the same time from a fan standpoint and from a marketing standpoint, I think they're doing them. The PGA tour is doing themselves a dis disservice by having 40 plus events a year. Uh, 15 of them. No one really cares about. I mean, I'd love to see the numbers um, in terms of well, the viewership for these 10 to 15 events that nobody pays attention to. Yeah. You've, you've got, your, you've got your four majors. You've got your other 10, 10 to 12 to 15 events that people really pay attention to, you know, the Memorial, the Wells Fargo, the uh, Riviera, the Arnold Palmer, Riviera, the mass yeah, play. The I mean, you've got them. I mean, there's, there's about 15 other events. So you got 20 events a year that everyone's like, I'm really tuned into these. And then the other 20 are just kind of like, whatever, like I'm not paying attention. And so, you know, I, I'm, you know, we don't we don't need to go down this rabbit hole again with with the live tour and and not even the live tour. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about some other tour to kind of change the game to 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 shake it up. And I will say, and I'll I'll, I'll be the first to say, I, I I do like the fact that there's another tour that's competing with them. Um, I, but with that being said, here we go. The live tour, 
I feel like, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like this is is, is definitely a political play from the Saudis to, to just take something that the U.S. does well and to just put a chink in the armor. Like, okay, what can we do to take a little bit away from what they do well? And I, and I again, I'm, no, I'm, I'm speculating I here, but again, I, I do think that there is, there's some, there, there, this is a politically driven tour. Like what, why do they care about producing a, 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 a they don't. worldwide tour? Uh, they don't. I think it, it's, it, it definitely has to do. It's, it, there's definitely some political, uh, um, you know, backing here or uh, motivation, I should say, in, in terms of why they're doing this. So that part of it, I, I don't love that because I'm from I'm from the U.S. You know, I, I I apologize to any any of our listeners who are not from the U.S. I love my country and I support my country. Uh, nothing against any of the other countries anywhere else, but if there's another country that's trying to make an a, a, a slight or subtle attack on the U.S., I don't love that. And and I'm I'm just gonna I know that I've I've backed like the fact that there's another tour. Uh, competing with the PGA Tour because I think that's going to be the greater good for the for golf in general. I don't love that it's coming from the Saudis, um, just because I feel like there is some type of political uh, innuendos going on there. So I don't know. We'll we'll see how it all shakes out. But um, here we are. Well, so I think you're you're exactly right, and that's been one of my big issues all along. Is just looking at what is the goal of the live tour. The goal is to not better the game of professional golf. The goal is to just be an irrational competitor, to be an agent of chaos. They don't care about Phil Mickelson's pocketbook or Dustin Johnson's bank account. They don't even care about those guys. They don't care about making the game of professional golf better. And they found the perfect guy in Greg Norman who has the ax to grind for decades now on the PGA tour. And they just want to be the turd in the punch bowl. That's like, why am I going to support something that is not trying to actively do good. They're just trying to be assholes really. And say, ha ha, look at you. Look at all this money because they're 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 right right now, the way it's going, they're not making this money back, especially with no sponsorships and no TV deals that may change moving forward. But right now they're taking a massive hole where I heard was $2 billion so far. Roughly, they've spent on the players alone, not to mention the rest of what goes on to run a golf tour and the expenses and flying guys all over the place and paying for all the caddies and all that. And that's just like, well, what's the whole point of this? What's the goal? There's no like stated goal. They just want to be dicks. They want to disrupt. Yeah, they just want to disrupt. That's it. Again. I, I do think that there is a time and a place, and I think there is an element of that that is as needed because I feel like the PGA Tour, again, from the beginning, for 50 years, they've, I, don't, I shouldn't say got, they haven't gotten away with the, the way that they've run things, but in a sense, no one's, no one's challenged them in the way that they run their operation. So it's like, okay, why would we change anything if no one's challenging what we do? Let's continue to do with you. And that's fine. And, th- and they should have done that. There's no one there telling that they, they need to do anything differently. Um, but it just so happens that this, this group is the one that happens to do it. And they're really, their sole purpose is just to disrupt. And I don't think it's, uh, the goal is 
to not disrupt to make change for the game of golf, which is what I would prefer. I think it's more they have more of a political agenda against the U.S., which I don't love that part of it. Um, but you know, it's it's. But I also you get, you get what you you get what you what you can here. And and to your point is that's why when we talked about this months ago, I was more in support of the PGL the premier golf league because I, I feel like they're actually doing it for an agent of change into better professional golf. And they stated goal of wanting to work with the PGA tour. Where, I would have loved if they, if they were the ones that, that, that came live, out top, but they lives never didn't. really said they want to work with the PGA tour. They've never really tried, you know, and they, they just stole the PGLs essentially you know, 75% of the, the PGA's, uh, the PGL, excuse me, uh, model. And so and at least, at least them were going to be an actual advocate for change to, to better professional golf. Yeah. Well, that, that was their goal. I mean, I'm sure they, they had, you know, and they wanted to make money as well. Well, yeah. And they, they, they clearly they stated had, that because they had business models and they, they gave us yeah. way more information on that standpoint than they, they just has. didn't have, they didn't have enough cash to do it. Or they weren't fast and enough. They weren't fast enough. Yeah, it, it, one of the one of the one or the other. They weren't fast enough, and yep. they didn't have enough cash, and they didn't they didn't do the things that needed to be done quick enough. Like you said, I mean, and the Saudis jumped. They took they took their model, and and they they've obviously you know obviously this week they've come out with some some announcements, uh, kind of stating what the progression is for qualifying for the tour, the relegation and so forth. Obviously, I don't know if you want to jump into that now, but they, 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 they've, they've obviously at least made the effort to explain where the tour is going, which everyone has been questioning from day one. Like, how do you, how do you play on this tour? Unless you, unless you sign a contract, I mean, what's, how do you qualify for this tour? And the, you know, how do you stay on the tour? Like, <laughs> I mean, Charles Howell, a guy, a PGA tour vet for 25 years. How does he stay on the tour? Like, is there some type of guarantee that you're going to give him as opposed to some of the other guys, you know? Well, uh, yeah, well so I'm a, he's got to have guaranteed money or he wouldn't have gone. Yeah, yeah, so I'm assuming we're done with the female 3M chat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, and then real fast on your political thing. And, um, you know, I might not even say it. Um, all I'll say is there's maybe more to that than you even might think based off of where they're playing golf uh, this week. But I'll uh, I, no, a hundred percent. I'm no, I, I've looked at all of that. I mean, I've looked at the places that they play, um, who is involved. It certainly is a, polit a political ploy. Um, there's no question. Like, why would you put, like you said, if, for any 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 business, you're going to look at what what is my expense, uh, what is my profit, what's my marketing expense, and what's what's the end goal. Like, is if I'm going to put up five million, is my goal to make fifty million, right? Your goal can't be put up one billion to make fifty million. That's not a that that does the bit. That's not. It's not a business. Make sense. That's not a business. That you're a nonprofit. <laughs> you should be a nonprofit at that point. But again, that's that's not their their goal is not to make money. Their goal is to to disrupt. Um, and I again, I, I I'm on both sides of the fence here because I do think there is there is a 
there is a place for disruption and question and challenge and what can we do to make this better? Um, so I, I do support that. Not them, not the live tour, but the, the, the idea of challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if the live tour, they, they don't care about that. Like, they're just trying to, I think, again, I think their, their total agenda, the more and more I, I look at what they've, what they've done and how much money they've put into this, I think their total agenda is to disrupt and to challenge the U.S. Well, that's, that's the whole, sport. and even, even just piss off golf in general, just to go with Henrik Stenson is not necessarily, is not the U.S., right? That's Europe. But why do you want Henrik Stenson? The guy has missed more cuts than he's made yeah. on the PGA Tour in the last couple of years. Why do you go get him? Because well, you that's just want to stripping a player from the Ryder cup. That's, that's the, that's it. That's the whole goal. It's not to make money or make it more attractive. People are going to go, go to Trump Bedminster this week to watch Henrik Stenson because he's good. They just want to give the double bird salute to the, to just golf in general. And just like, Hey, fuck you guys. Look at who we got, you know, like, yeah. Well, I mean, bringing in a guy like that, you know, again, it, it, the PGA tour is, is in the U S predominantly. I mean, we all know this. I mean, 90 plus percent of the events are in the U.S. So any chance they can to pull someone who is a PGA Tour member away from the PGA Tour, away from the U.S., is a win, in my opinion, for them. Yeah, but I think they were doing it more to to stick it to the DP World Tour in Europe with taking away their captain. uh, Yeah, I mean, I could, you know, I could maybe see that, but um, yeah, sure. I mean, you could you could debate that. But I still think by pulling anyone away from the U.S. tour and the and the the U.S. driven tour, I mean, the PGA tour is the number one tour on the on the planet. So anything that we can do to pull away from that, not we, but I'm saying the the live tour, anything they can do to pull away from that, they think is a win. And by pulling a uh, a player that's a Ryder Cup captain away from this whole organization between the DP tour and the and the PGA tour is a win for them. Um, so again, I, I, I still think, I, I really think that it's a, it's a political move. Um, you know, it's, it's, it sucks in a, in a sense, but in, at the same token, like I've said from the beginning, I do like the fact that we've got some type of change and we're pressuring the PGA tour to make some change 50 years of doing the same thing over and over the 40 plus events that this. The I hate to to say it, but the 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 fifteen or twenty stupid events that nobody wants to watch. Yeah, I, on TV. I, I, as as I am um, a advocate hater of live golf, as we all know, but I agree with you on that standpoint. I agree, professional golf, yeah. the PJ Tour I, is is oversaturated with with too much golf in two week of fields. I yeah. won't argue with you there. And look at look at and and look at the look at the other major tours or major organizations in the U.S. What's everyone's complaint with baseball, other than the fact that they're terrible, terrible marketers for their players? There's too many games in the in the games last. Too many long. games, and what are people now starting to say about the NBA? Too many games. Too many games. There's too many games. Like I don't care about you know December basketball, right? I don't care. It's not worth it. There's nothing. Yeah, it's hard to, to get watch. up for it. Yeah, it's hard to get up for it the one thing about the NFL and that they're now pushing because it's, they think it's a marketing thing is they're adding games, which I think is the wrong thing to do. Yeah, I agree. Uh, But people watch every single NFL game. They watch every single college football game because there's a limited number of games and people love college basketball because there's 30 games. 
right? That yep. you watch because you know that every game is important. Uh, every game is important. So I think that's where we're we're kind of missing the missing the boat here with the PGA Tour. It's it, it's supply and demand. I think they they're 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 stretching they're stretching the demand. Um, the supply is not there. Yep, I agree. So as far as some of the changes that came out and some news regarding both Live Golf and PGA Tour this week. Um, so Alex Maselli, who I think is from Richmond, that mm-hmm. is. I'm not sure if he still lives here or not, but I know he did at one point. We had him on as a guest for, for, for a while. Yeah, I know we had him as a guest speaker at the Foundry, but he now works for uh, Sports Illustrated, SI, in their kind of golf website called The Morning Read. He came out with an exclusive yesterday. I sent this to you guys. They're live golf's future plans, and they're using the words relegation and promotion, which are usually words used to describe Premier League soccer um, or football for those of our British friends listening. Um, And a little bit has to do with a little bit of an F1 model as well. There are words that we don't use in professional golf, but it's what we do essentially in professional golf every year. And so what they're going to do is the last four players, and this is a live, uh, sorry, this is a PGL um, factor too. I mean, I'm not sure if they stole this from live or from, from PGL, but this is what their plan was. They came up with this long time ago. The bottom four players are off the tour. So after next season, so they're going to have their 48 contracted players for their 14 events next year. So every team will be the same for all 14 events. They'll play out the season. They'll have a point list for the individual race. The bottom four players are off the tour. The top 24. Sorry, my watch is talking to me. Um, <laughs> the, I'm glad you're going into this because I, I read through this whole thing in the, in the qualification process, and I thought it was extremely tough to get on to get on that tour. Yes, and it is. And I I may get some of these details wrong. I don't want to kind of read an article, but so there's going to be an individual point total that the bottom four off the tour, you're out. The top 24 are still on the tour. You get your, we'll call it your card. You're on for, for 2024, the top 24. The other guys go into a qualifying tournament for promotion. They haven't given out all the details. They did put out a list of how you get into the promotions event. So if you are, they have this, the live golf international series on the Asian tour, they're putting a bunch of money into the Asian tour. So if you're number one on the Asian tour international series, you're getting a spot um, on live golf the following year. Numbers two through 32 on the money list in the international series are invited to the promotions event. Any majors winners for the last five years, reigning amateur champions of the major uh, amateur events, U.S., British, Latin America, Asia Pacific, NCAA champion. Top 75 players in the World Golf Rankings are eligible if they're not already a live golfer. Uh, PGA Tour and DP World Tour winners from the previous year are eligible. Um, Any relegated player from the live golf in the last two years is eligible to go into the qualifying event and then members of the Ryder Cup and President's Cup team. And then they play, 
it's it's kind of convoluted in all honesty. And if I'm boring listener, I apologize. But the first 18 holes, numbers six through 32 in the international series money list and contracted team substitute players and all category exempt players play. Then the top 20 from that first round will join the live golfers who have to play in this. And then the top 16 from round two will play, they think maybe two or one or two more rounds, maybe on the same day. It was the top three finishers qualifying for live golf season. Um, that doesn't make sense on why you would have. Would that leave one spot open? No, because of the number one on the, on the international Asian tour gets in. But Mike, I don't, what I don't get is there's, if they're only relegating four, I don't know why they're saying one through 24 are guaranteed to keep their status when one through 44 keep their status. But um, I, I don't know if I'm reading this wrong. I have to go through it again, but the numbers don't exactly add up to me. But there's also a note in here and a caveat that says like, well, but if the contract we signed you for says four years, a.k.a. Mickelson, you're in. You're in. So they're so trying to give themselves some gone. leeway. Well, I think it's one through my, my guess is it means one through 24, no matter your contract are in. And then they're going to leave leeway for another 20 guys who have signed. Has language in their contract that says they're guaranteed for three years, whether you're Sergio or Lee Westwood or Bryson or yeah. Patrick Reed, the big names. I'm assuming if they have a shitty ass year and they're number 48 on the money list. Yeah. Or sure. point list, they're still staying on the tour. So it's still a little arbitrary. Um, yeah. They're also having to do this to try to get world ranking points. That's part of the um, issue with them not having any points is you have to have a qualification to get in and play and, and how to be eligible. World Golf Rankings basically says you can't be eligible for points if your tour just arbitrarily can select and pick people to qualify for it. Yeah. to be eligible for it. So they have to have some sort of qualification tournament to get in, to get your status in order to play, to help them get world ranking points. Yeah. So, thoughts. Yeah. No, I, it, I read through that entire thing as well. And I, I, I thought it was a little convoluted as well. And it seemed, it, like you said, it seemed very arbitrary and very vague because they were trying to, um, you know, protect the the contracts that they they had with some of these big name players, um, which is uh, that's weird. You know, well, I think the only way they're going to be it just able to seems do that very is. unorganized, in my opinion. Very unorganized. For I don't disagree. For, for it, it, to, it's very cloudy right now, and I think the only way that they can start to take these big big name contract players is to really instill that team captain aspect of it, and basically make that person. Have, have a guaranteed spot to a certain aspect. And, and maybe it turns into something to where that person might not be playing. You know, it, they did talk about having, um, you know, if they're bringing four guys, they may have five to six actually on that team. So yeah. there's an opportunity to where you might only be bringing a certain number of guys and the team captain, coach, whatever that, that position morphs into um, could be someone that does yeah. or does not play. So we don't know what that looks like yet. I mean, I think as with anything that we've seen thus far, I think we can all agree that this is very much subject to change. It's very um, early. And, and yeah. I think we will see a ton of, of changes and amendments um, out 
especially now as the public gets his eyes on it and it falls under criticism because at the end of the day, we know that there's going to be a ton of, wait, wait, wait. get your thighs on it. Is that another like transitional quote that you have? Like, is that something you use quite often? Get get, your thighs on it. Get get your eyes on it. I thought you said get get your thighs on it. I was like, wow, that's awesome. If you say get your thighs thighs on on it, I like that. Yeah. (laughs) That's good. good. That's like, with that being said, (laughs) get your thighs on it. Um, you know, we're going to validify the conversation and keep it moving. But as I was, as I was mentioning, as we get more eyes on it (laughs) or thighs, um, we're going to, we're going to end up. Depends who's thighs. Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) Um, we will see some qualified individuals offer some very, very reasonable feedback. And yeah. it will, without question, be criticized by others. But we're going to see scrutiny and we're going to see things that I think is going to cause um, reactions by live. I think they're going to make adjustments to their event. And I think yeah. what we've seen is just a uh, in the infancy stages, if I'm being honest. So we don't know. It could be it could be good. It could be bad. The way it looks right now, it's way too complicated. It doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, but I, I think this it's is still only, not a complete, uh, you know, meritocracy as the PGA tour is. No, it absolutely isn't. And that's where I think it goes back to if, if this is what's going to happen and you've got those big name players, you've got to lock them up somehow and make it fair to lock them up. You know, if, if Phil Mickelson is going to be the team captain of, um, team high flyers or whatever the fuck that stupid name is, he is a high flyer, right? He is a high flyer. Get that right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm a love live. So <laughs> whatever it is then you can start to solidify him as a team captain and justify his position and his salary. But if he's someone who's not able to qualify for his own team's position, then I don't know what that salary looks like. And is there a performance? I mean, is there a performance aspect to his contract that we don't know about? I mean, even the players that are no longer on live, Mike, I know I sent you over an article right before we jumped on here. We were looking through some of those things. What does it look like when you when you're unable to qualify or no longer in the 48? You know, yeah. if all of a sudden you no longer make the field, are you still guaranteed that money? I, we don't know yet. Well, we so it even like. um, so, those guys that have fallen off that that I did hear a lot of those guys that have been in these first few events that I have mocked the the JC Richies and some of these guys, they were never contracted guys. They were basically just saying, hey we're going to let you play in this field. We're going to give you a spot by playing in this field. You get a guaranteed check because there's no cut. You're guaranteed to make 120,000, but we could, if we start getting more, I think these guys were aware that if they start getting more contracted players that were big names, they were going to be out. Uh, Hell actually Taylor Gooch. When the first event that he played was not a contracted player of live. He even came out and said, there was a quote from him that said, he wanted to play because it was a big purse. It fit his schedule. They gave him a spot. And then and then play. he got banned by the PGA Tour for playing in it. Since they didn't give him the release to play in it, then he became a contracted player of live, but not till after wow. the first event. He was just playing to play and hope to win the event and win $4 million. Um, So the Andy Ogletrees of the world, the J.C. Riches of the world, never had a contract. Uh, and I think some of these guys to this point still don't. Um, allegedly, there was a quote. I think Norman did an interview in um, 
Australia that he has said they've already committed to all 48 guys for next year and the spots are full for whatever that means. There's there's a rumor out there that Hideki wow. is going to sign a $400 million deal at the end of the FedEx Cup season. It's going to be the biggest contract they put out because they want the Japanese market. Um, he's going to captain an all-Japanese team. There's the rumor of Cam Smith, Mark Leishman, and Adam Scott all leaving after the FedEx Cup playoffs, and they're all going to be on an all-Australian team. Wow. I mean, I do like I, that I, aspect of it. And I, I do. Have, I think that's great. Like, if you'd start diving into the kind of the Olympic model and the country model, like if you get an all Australian and all Japanese team, like people, I mean, you talk about countries like backing this, like getting really into it. That, that, that's the way to go. I mean, if you're going to try to make this work, this team thing, you get the countries behind it, and you it, that that's huge. Well, I feel like after the first event, that's what they tried to do a little bit on the second event. They saw the South African uh, team win the first event. They're like, guys, maybe we, maybe we're onto something here. And this. all of a sudden it looked like they started to kind of forcefully align these teams with a little bit more nationality or, um, yeah, they know, definitely have. Yeah. Uh, they've definitely tried to find a likeness from the different countries that uh, each individuals are from and trying to put them together and ultimately draw, draw a massive following from that conglomerate. Um, I, I forget. I, I missed, I'm not going to give the quote cause I'm going to ruin it, but there's a guy, Jordan Smith, um, who's on the, I think it's a, it's a couple of Jordan Smith's at professional golfers. This one has been on, he'll be his third different team this week at Trump, <laughs> Trump Bedminster for live golf. They were just, he's like a journeyman relief pitcher. He's just getting traded around, swapped around. Nobody wants him. Um, probably getting paid. He's though. probably fine with it. He's just like, I'm just glad I'm playing. <laughs> yeah, probably. So, um, yeah. So again, there's, there's more live stuff every week. We got an event this week with them. So I'm sure there'll be even more and more stuff coming out. Uh, what's it? Paul Casey, um, Kokrak, Stenson, and Chucky Three Sticks, as you mentioned earlier, are making their uh, debuts, none of which are really any major skin off the PGA Tours back. Um, three of them are old, washed-up guys. Kokrak is whatever. <clears throat> you know, he's younger than the than the other guys. But, you know, then there's the whole Charles Barkley talk that he's had. he had a meeting with um, – Greg Norman in Atlanta, you know, David Faraday's there. McCord's now saying he wants to, you know, he, I love how Barkley and McCord come out and say they have interest. It's like, oh shit. Yeah. I, I need money. I Hire me. Yeah. Hey, they've got our interest. The they've got others Charles as well. Barkley, I'm sorry. Why is Charles Barkley even in this the conversation? I, I think Charles Barkley is so overrated. It's not even funny. Um, especially from the golf aspect, if he does this, it's going to make that telecast unbearable because every year yeah. I turn on it twice a year that they do this damn stupid match thing. I'll turn it on for a half hour. And part of the reason I sign off is because of Charles Barkley. Like, dude, you don't know golf. I don't want to hear you golf on, on golf talk. Like you have the same jokes. You're fat, you're bad at golf and you gamble a lot. I get it. We've heard it from you before, Chucky. It's the same jokes over and over again. Like, it's not going to be yeah. that funny. It's going to wear off yeah. really fast. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with the, yeah, you're right. He's funny. He's, he is funny on the TNT, the TBS broadcast, because he has got experience with 
NBA basketball and the players and he's played against Michael Jordan, arguably the best player to ever live. And like the, the jokes are relevant for people who watch it. But when he gets on the telecast and, t- and he's talking about golf, it's like, you don't, the lingo is not right. Like he doesn't even know. What no, he's and, and about. the thing about the, the basketball stuff, it's, it's also in small doses, right? It's a pregame yeah. show. It's a quick halftime show. And then it's a short postgame show. Like that's mm-hmm. it. It's not a four hour, five hour golf telecast for mm-hmm. three straight days. Mm-hmm. That's going to get old. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's exactly right. So, yeah, no, you're, you're right. Cause he, he just, he doesn't know enough about the game to, to comment on that uh, and, and to give any type of, you know, color for the, you know, for the commentary. He, he just doesn't have it. Yeah. He just, he, he just going to be a smart businessman. He's like, Oh, they want to ruffle some feathers and be different. I'm going to go out and I did an interview with, I forget who it was and said, Oh yeah, I'd be interested in talking. And sure enough, they called there, you know? Um, so anyway, as far as the PGA tour, they came out with some changes today real fast. As far as the FedEx cup playoffs for a couple of weeks, all of the players, they have reshuffled the list. Essentially they're calling it a soft 125 to make yeah. the Fed, the first event of the FedEx cup playoffs, where in the past, the top 125 made the first event. If you were number 65 and you threw out your back and you had the WD from the first playoff event, they didn't fill your spot. There was no alternate that came in. They just played the event with 124. So what they're now saying is the live guys that have not resigned their membership. So the guys that have resigned their membership have come off the FedEx Cup list. So DJ is off. Um, I forget who the other guys are, but those guys have come off the list. They're not on it anymore. The guys that have (laughs) maintained their PJ membership have been suspended. They're not eligible to play in the FedEx Cup. So those guys are going to get passed over for the 125. They're not going to be able to get in. So you could technically be number 132 in a couple of weeks and get in because those guys are not eligible. So they're still going to have 125. Um, they are going to pay the live guys. So if you are still eligible for a bonus, so if, if you're Taylor Gooch and you're number 18 on the FedEx cup list, when the playoffs start and you finish number 74, by the time it's all said and done, you're still going to get that bonus for being number 74. If you have not resigned your membership or just suspended, you're still going to get your bonus and be paid that you're just not going to be able to play in the events to earn more points. You're just going to kind of fall down the, the, the bonus list. So I don't know that came out. They actually interviewed Callum Taron, our guy who, by the way, by the way, played very well uh, over the weekend. Shout out to Callum. He's almost locked up. I know he's playing again this week. I did hear an interview with him earlier in the week. He was trying to skip this week if he could, but he still needs to lock up his points. I think he's, right on like number 125 or 126 yeah. right now. So um, we do wish him luck, but they interviewed him and a few guys that were kind of bubble guys on, on their thoughts of the change, which I thought was interesting. Like, of course those guys are going to be in support of it. They're number 125 or 136 or whatever. Yeah. Those guys are going to be in complete support of this change. Sure. Yeah. Why Anyways, not? Right. I'm not sure there's much to say on that, but that's a, a you know, PGA tour change that came out um, today. So anything else on, uh, on Scott Piercy? 
Just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anything else on um, Live Golf, PJ Tour? I think we've kind of... Uh, uh, Sergio yeah. Garcia has backtracked his his talk. He came out at the Open last week, bitching and crying like Sergio does, and saying he didn't he didn't feel loved anymore by the DP World Tour, and he was going to resign his membership because he doesn't feel loved. Oh, um, he now changes his tune. What does that mean? Is he not playing Live? Like what? I don't I don't get it. So he. He was going to resign his membership so he couldn't get suspended or whatever or fined because the, the DP World Tour has been actually fining guys versus PJ Tour just suspended him. Right. Anyways, he he was all butthurt. And like every live golfer out there, they want their cake and they want to eat it too. They want they want the best of both worlds. They want every everything they can have possible. If it's on the menu. It's it's just stupid. And so he was like, oh, yeah, I don't feel loved. Just whining to the media like he typically does. He now has changed course this week and says, oh, I'm not going to resign my membership to the DP World Tour. I'm going to keep it with the hopes of me being able to play in some events and earn points so I can play in the Ryder Cup team. But I thought all the live golfers didn't want to play more golf. I thought they just wanted to ride off into the sunset and play this limited schedule. Um, but now there's guys also talking about playing the Asian Tour to get World Golf ranking points when they're not playing live tour events. So I thought they didn't. Wait, do you guys want to play golf or not want to play golf? That's confusing to me. Yeah, some of them did. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's uh, there there are a select few. Uh, DJ, one in particular, who said that he definitely did not want to play more golf. He's not playing less golf, which he is playing less golf. But most of these guys went over there for money. That it had nothing to do with how many events they played. We all know it. Oh We've yeah, I know. I'm it. just mocking them. Yeah, it, it it and and I don't think that they've even said that. I think the only person who has said that they wanted to play less golf was DJ, and he is he is holding true to that, and he is playing the least amount of golf that he possibly can. Um, yeah. But the other guys, they like playing golf. They like being in. Yeah, the but they've all said they've all came out, and one of the live golf talking points has been, "Oh, we like the limited schedule. We like the limited schedule. We like the limited schedule." Yeah. Yeah. And Pat Perez is like, well, I've been grinding for so many years. And, and Graham McDowell is, man, it's, it's hard on the PJ Tour now. It's, I, mean, I, I deserve more. I, I don't want to grind that much to try to make my card. They've all well, talked about playing less golf. Playing less golf for the comparatively speaking for the money, which is which is fair. I, I, mean, I get that. But, but if you get if you get the guarantee and you play golf for fun, it's yeah, it's great. You know, golf is fun. You, like, we, we They all played. They all started playing golf because they enjoyed it. Um, but to grind on the PGA tour to keep your card and uh, compared compared to the payout that they've got on the live tour. Yeah. It's like, all right. Yeah. Why would I not do that? And then, then I can pick and choose how much golf I want to play, but well, and people, you're right. people no, take I mean, for granted uh, the cost incurred by these players playing every week though, out there, especially if you're not all of a sudden making a lot of cuts and you travel like a Graham McDowell did, which I'm sure he wasn't the biggest spender out there, but it still cost him a couple grand a week um, just to get out there. And I don't think people necessarily. Uh, oh, I, I, no, I, I know. I, I know. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm on the south side of it, but yeah, long story short, I don't think people take that into consideration and why this could be so attractive to some people. Um, not just the overall money of it, but just the aspect of where these guys could come from um, when they make statements like that. Yeah. Yeah. But you're, you're, you're talking about it's tough travel wise and expense wise for the Callum Terrans of the world. It's Absolutely. it's not it's not for the guys that they're they're signing or want to sign. 
No, but I think it's tough. The Henrik senses of the world. The Chucky to... three sticks has made $45 million on tour or the, the DJ, the, the Bryson. Charles I, Howell I surprises that, me going over there. If I'm being honest, I, I, it does a little bit, but again, you know, if you go through and do the math uh, of what it costs each player, um, week in and week out, even, even Charles Howell, the third, um, you know, I, I don't think he is as markable as he once was. So I don't think he's getting the mark, the marketing dollars that he did when he was in his twenties. So you're looking at $1,500 a week for a caddy. You're looking at another $1,500 a week for a hotel, a food, and then another, you know, 500, a thousand dollars in travel. You're looking at $5,000 for a PJ tour player. Granted, Again, I, I'm kind of there's a range here. I'd say some guys. I, I I stayed in a Clarion Inn and I roomed next to Charlie Hoffman, and he won the week that I played. And I was like, "What are you doing here?" He's like, "I'm saving money just like you." That's it. That was those were his comments to me, and I I, I respect him for that. But um, there are a lot of guys that you know they they, they give that persona like people think, "Oh, you've won." X amount of money on the PGA tour, but they are trying to, they don't, it's not, it's not as much it's of a, a game business. as everybody thinks. There's $5,000 that they spend for these high end players in terms of caddy, in terms of travel, food. Um, I mean, they're, they're spending 3,500 to $5,000 a week to play on the PGA tour. And you add that up in f- over 40 weeks. I mean, you guys can do the math. I mean, that's a lot of damn money. Um, and, and if you have a guarantee to go play on the live tour, regardless of any political backing or any of that shit that we've talked about earlier at, at the tail end of your career for like a Charlie Howell, who's 42 years old or whatever he is, you're like, Hey, <laughs> it's like, and Charlie Howell is like the nicest guy on the planet. And he, his comments were like, he tried to make it as politically correct as he could. But basically it came down to there's he wanted to say there's no way that I can freaking possibly turn down this money. <laughs> there's just well, no I way. wish all the guys would like I'm not arguing yeah. about the, the weekly expenses. I know it's a lot of money, but yeah. no offense, guys, don't come crying to me. That's the, that's the job that you chose. You, you chose sure. this, you know, sure. that's the so, cost. Of, but, it's but, the cost of doing business. So don't, I, criticize, I rather, don't criticize me when I go to a guaranteed payout like like that. The, the 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 job that you chose is the the model that's been set up and it's not a good model so but you don't don't criticize a guy when he's like hey i've got guaranteed money here i'm going to take it I'm, why would i continue to fight for my money every and, and play for my money every week when i've got guaranteed money I'm i don't take criticize the, the washed up guys because it makes sense i i get that it's, yeah. it's a, a ton of money the washed up guys should be doing it um I don't know why Liv would want the washed up guys um, unless that's all they can get. Um, And I I don't think the tour in general is good for the game of golf. And we've gone over this and we don't need to get into this argument again um, for the eighth time on the podcast. But um, yeah, I I don't know. We've talked live golf enough. We've spent 45 minutes of live golf on this. Um, Yeah. This, this podcast this week, we're going to have probably more talk next week, of course, with the event. Um, Good strength of field, yeah. at least. I don't know. They don't even put up strength of field for these things. It's not. It's not on the world golf rankings, so you don't really know. Yeah. You don't. You don't. You, you don't. 
I mean, there's none of them. None of them are, I mean, are playing. None of them are playing well. You, so, Mikey, there's got to be a part of you though that says, "Which tournament would you rather watch?" If there's this, only, there's got to be a part of you that. But, but I, I do like that. I do like that question, McLean. Um, but there's got to be a part of you that says, "Hey, can this be better?" I know it you, can be better because it's the Premier Golf League model, and I I support the sure. Premier Golf League model of so, how they're doing so it. You, you agree that the PGA Tour model. It, while we've we've accepted it because that's only thing that you've ever known since you've been alive, but you acknowledge that it could could it be better? Yeah, I've said that on this podcast many times. I mean, yeah. how many times have I said there's too many events and it's too watered down and the fields don't yeah. aren't very good? I've told you I'm in support of of the PGL in their model and relegation back down to the PGA Tour and working with them as as sure. one. And I like the fact that there could potentially be some sort of free agency period or yeah. trades or whatever. And that kind of model, I, I agree with that. I don't like live. I don't like how they're doing it. I don't like yeah. how they're going about it. I don't like what comes out of their mouth. I don't like a lot of what but, they do, but you're in I've never argued of- against the rough model and that the PGA tour needs a change. But you're I in just support, support you're of- in support of the uh, in, you're in support of change as a whole. Whoever it is, whether it's live golf, I'm, or I, I'm in support of change in the right way, and that also yeah. that it's that it's not just the benefit of the top players. I'm in support of yeah. change of the professional golf, so it benefits the fans. I yeah. like I've said before, I don't care about Hideki Matsuyama making four hundred million dollars. The amount of money these guys play for does not matter to me mm-hmm. one bit. I want a good product as a fan. That's where I've come from this from the whole standpoint is as a fan. There's a ton of the live golf that I do not agree with. There's some of it that I do agree with as far as some of their models. I don't think they've rolled it out in the best way. Mm -hmm. I think they have a lot of issues with how they're doing things. I, I, like I said, I also just can't support one Saudi Arabia, but let's just take Saudi Arabia out of this. I, I can't stand Greg Norman and it has gone well before this past year. Right. This goes back years. I cannot stand Greg Norman. I cannot stand Phil Mickelson. I cannot stand Bryson DeChambeau. I cannot stand Brooks Kepka. I cannot stand Patrick Reed. I cannot stand Lee Westwood. I cannot stand Sergio Garcia. I cannot stand Ian Poulter. The biggest names involved with this tour, the earliest adapters, are some of my top 10 most hated guys on the PGA tour. <laughs> How am I going to support that? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's fair. Uh, fair. Late reports are that Tom Brady's going to sign with live golf. Tom Brady's signing with the live golf. He's tour. been dead for me for a couple of years. Once you're out of a Patriots uniform, you're, you're, I'm, I am team over player, right? I am a Tom Brady. I don't hate hate Tom Brady one bit. He's one of my heroes, but no offense. When he played the Patriots last year, I rooted for the Patriots. Yeah, you should. They're my team. When you're not wearing my jersey, I'm not going to root for you. How conflicted were you? I was just weird. I I, I was not conflicted. I was rooting for the Patriots 100%. There was not a question in my mind. But going back to it, so you don't have a problem with Greg Norman, you said. I do have a problem with Greg Norman. I can't stand the guy. I apologize. (laughs) That wasn't clear. (laughs) Half of those names that you mentioned, I really don't have much of a problem with. Um, but I get I get that you don't like them. But I, I, I a lot of those guys I find very intriguing. Um, Bryson DeChambeau, he's an intriguing douchebag. 
he he can come across as as uh, but he's very intriguing and very I, he's ex- very eccentric and i'm like i i'm i'm enamored by these eccentric people like why do you think that like you know why do you believe that so wholeheartedly you know i want to get in your head like i want to find out what what what's the core you know the the core um the, or the root of why you believe that you know i, I don't know th- th- those guys who believe in something um, so har- wholeheartedly, you know, like, oh, I, there's got to be something to it. You know, I don't know. It's, it's, it makes me want to question and ask, ask questions. Like I'd love to get Bryson on, on the podcast and ask him, because I think it'd be a great podcast, honestly, because I think he would give us a lot of weird, weird science, science, science shit and make it crazy, but it would be, it would be entertaining. Um, it would be, I do because- love Sergio. I love Sergio. I'll give you two reasons why I love Sergio. And I know you hate Sergio. And you sent me the shirt. Mike, if for the for the listeners, Mike sent me a, a t-shirt that was Sergio. All Sergio is like Sergio face. It's a collage. That's a great t-shirt. We've seen it. Sergio. It's yeah. a beautiful shirt. It is a beautiful shirt. I should wear it every time we do the pod. But anyway, I love Sergio because, one, he speaks his mind. And people don't like it. Some people love it. Some people don't. And... I appreciate the fact that he he speaks his mind. Sometimes he comes up across as a whiny, whiny kind of bitch, and I understand that. And I totally understand why people don't like him for that. Um, and two, he's the best ball striker. Ever. The best I ball striker of all time. I, I, I like player. Him. May not be anyone better. So I used to I used to love Sergio. He is such a good ball striker. I used to love. It's funny with a lot of those guys that I used to love not used to say love Phil. I used to like Phil, believe it or not. After all the things I've said, when I was a teenager and I was watching golf in the 90s and early 2000s, I liked Phil. And then I realized, oh, I I had this guy wrong. I realized that I was an early adapter to Phil Mickelson's yeah. being a douchebag, well ahead yeah. of everyone else. Sure. Um, I used to like Sergio. I like him as a player. I respect him as a player. I used to root for him. The personal thing matters to me i think he's yeah. just a douchebag in person sure, yeah sure, he speaks sure. his mind i also think rory mcelroy speaks his mind i think they do it in a completely opposite way sure they do it's, and, it's different and rory uh, McElroy doesn't have would, doesn't have temper tantrums on the golf course where he's spitting in the cup and he's bashing greens and cussing out rules officials and like i i do i do feel that that there is a um there's a difference in like uh like a there's a background element for like where they grew up and the the cultural difference i'm sure and i and i don't think phil has that scapegoat i do think that sergio has that scapegoat because we've seen the same tendencies from every spanish golfer yeah you're right Uh, jose maria uh john John, john rom uh, they're all very fiery, very uh, open with their their thoughts and what's on their mind, and I I respect that, and and I do respect the fact that it comes across that way for 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 Americans listening to, to you know their comments. Phil doesn't have that scapegoat. No, <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't have that. So the douchebag comment, like I, does Phil come across as douchebag? A hundred percent. Does Sergio come across as a douchebag to me? 100%. Not as much. No, not as much. 
Uh, I, I, I think that's just a cultural difference because I feel like that's, that's very similar uh, to, to other Spanish golfers and, and that the type of personality. So I don't, I don't relate the two. I understand where you're going with that, but uh, I, I do disagree with Sergio on that respect. Phil I've always said is a poser and definitely a fake. And, and I would, <laughs> I'm not going to call anybody out, but, I would say the majority of the guys that play with him on the PGA Tour to date would say the same thing that you just said about Phil Mickelson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And some some started to when, you know, it was, you know, open season on Phil back in mm-hmm. February when those comments mm-hmm. came out. Some people took their chance to take a shot at him um, and, and just mm-hmm. say, oh, well, you guys are just seeing the same guy that we've seen behind the scenes in the clubhouse forever, you know, which were comments you never heard before, but it was mm-hmm. just, everyone felt a little more protected and comfortable saying it um, back, mm-hmm. you know, late winter there. So, mm-hmm. all right, we're running along. Uh, Liv hijacked our education segment tonight. I had this brand new education segment. I thought there was I nothing know. to talk. I thought there was not much to talk about this week. And I was going to try to educate the listeners with all of our expertise as a master club fitter on here, a tour professional and a PGA professional. I thought, Hey, we can, Let's use a little uh, slower week to educate the listeners. Instead, they just live. instead we'll they live. just heard us yell at each other about live again. So don't worry, I'm awesome. getting ready to educate them on some incredible DraftKings picks because right, I'm so, going straight yeah. to the top this week. We are <laughs> in Detroit this week. I will get that right. Uh, Detroit Golf Club. Um, Provided my team survives, Donald Ross design. Even though I beat your asses this past week, I'll let McLean, because you're so confident, let you go first. All right, let's roll. I've got a lot of a lot of connective tissue to the pod. Starting off, 6,900. The guy who folded last week, Mr. Scott Piercy. He had his own segment on our podcast, and he has his own position on my team this week. Folded like a cheap suit. Folded like a cheap suit. Looking for him to come back out compete again, get back up there and get in the mix. Um, Thanks, Jay. (laughs) Uh, Moving at the same dollar amount in a a very (laughs) lateral movement. Uh, I've got Mr. Chesson Hadley on the squad coming in at 6,900. He finished 10th in the three. This is the cut. (laughs) He's he's trending, though. He, He is trending. He's coming off of uh, like what, like six straight made cuts, top 10 last week, 31 at the Barracuda. Look for him coming spicy. Um, and uh, finish about T25. Um, <laughs> moving up one from there, friend of the pod, been playing well, Mr. Callum Taron. Yeah, uh, yeah. seventh at the 3M, got him at 70. Winner, winner, that's right, winner. And then I have. Shaking that ass for seventy nine hundred. See woo, Kim. Big fan of that pick. See woo, shaking that ass. And boys, if you guys are keeping track, you get a lot of you get a lot of dollars to spend. There there it is, Mr. Patrick Cantlay, ten thousand. Oh, seven hundred dollars. He was the last. I was about to say you you were you were a couple short, but yeah, and the hundred thirty second short putter in the world. Uh, Will Zalatoris coming wow. in at 10,400. And that sounds like a good lineup. Spending a lot of money up top 
not yeah, much but I had I had I had a lot of weight down low. I mean, I think I had some. I think I have some really solid picks with Callum, Piercy, Kim, and Hadley. I mean, I, I like those picks. They're all trending in the right direction, and the dollar is pretty pretty reasonable considering. Uh, and allowed me to also sneak those guys in with a hundred dollars left over. It's actually wow. it's it's for the, those listeners out here to educate you. That is a really good strategy. It's risky if you can hit on those low guys, but it's a very good strategy that has paid off a lot. Uh, in the DraftKings, I, I think it's the world. only way you win, win big, anyways. However, I don't think it's ever happened, but I would love it to happen this week that someone has all six players miss the cut. That'd be great. That would not be great. No, it did happen once. Did um, it? Yeah. Uh, Was it you? Tom, Tom, Tom did it once. Did Tom have it? <laughs> <laughs> too strange. That's awesome. Miss you. Um, all right, Joe, you want to go? You want me to go? Um, sure, I'll go. Um, I uh, I'm not I'm not super confident with this these uh, with these picks, but I'll start from the bottom. Uh, Brendan Steele, seventy five hundred bucks. Uh, no real reason why I picked him. He missed the cut last week. He had <laughs> he's played well prior to that. Yeah, great strategy. He, like that. Yeah, he um, he's. He's at a good price point, and he's a buddy of mine, and I always pull for him. So, go be steel. Um, Seven hundred Siwoo. He's shaking that ass all the way to the top. He finished fifteenth last week at the at the Open. Uh, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good, pretty good, pretty good pick at seven hundred bucks. So, I'm gonna give him a shot. I'm I'm I'm, I'm real big on the mid tier guys this week. Uh, next up is Mark Hubbard. Uh, played with Mark quite a few times. Great ball striker. Um, and he's played some really good golf as of late. So I'm hoping he keeps that trend. Jumping up to Davis Riley, missing the cut last week. You love Davis Riley. But he really, I mean, he didn't play that poorly. He shot 73-71. It's not like he, you know, he he missed the cut by one shot. You know, it's not like he was playing really bad golf and, and, and the, Four or five weeks prior, he played some really good golf, and he's got a great damn golf swing. So, at that price point, eighty six hundred bucks, Davis Riley. Um, next up, Maverick McNeely. Same thing. Made the cut last week, forty ninth. Nothing great, but uh, a couple really good finishes uh, for the three weeks prior. So, um, eighty nine hundred bucks. We'll give him, or eighty eight hundred bucks. We'll give him a shot, and then Denny McCarthy. 8900 bucks, six last week at the John Deere. He's trending in the right direction. Had a had an average, I should I say average fourth round, 71. Had he played really well, he had a chance to win. Um, but um, at the U.S. Open, finished seventh, the Memorial fifth. So he's he's been playing some really good golf. So who knows? We'll give him we'll give him a shot. Do I love this? Do I love this lineup? No, I don't. I'll be honest with the listeners. Do I think there's some good picks within uh, the lineup that I have? Yes, but I have to play with that lineup a little bit. So um, you can uh, play with it what you will. All right. So I'm, I think I'm moderately uh, confident in my team. I like my picks for this week. I kind of went more mid-range a little bit like you, Jay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to start with a sleeper for I, I love sleepers just to notify mm-hmm. the listeners um, sleeper for a top 10 
this week, 7,500, Taylor Pendrith. Mm. He finished 13th at the players and then had a rib injury that kept him out for four months. Since he's come back from his rib injury, 13th and 11th. So mm. like Taylor Pendrith this week, uh, sneak into a, a, a backdoor top 10. Then I'm going to go up to Troy Merritt. This is kind of based on past results of this course, not so much recent results. It's kind of mixed bag for him this year, um, but he plays well with some high finishes uh, at uh, Detroit Golf Club. I think he's finished, maybe I think it was top 10 the last two years there. So we're going to, hopefully he can um, feel good about being there and, and play that golf course well again. Then I go up to 7,700. Uh, Kevin Streelman um, played well his last event, the Barbersaw in the opposite field event. He was actually my last man on the squad, and he just kind of fit, um, in all honesty, you know, in the price range that I was looking at. So that's really kind of why he's on my team. I don't like the other guys around him. Then I go to 7,800. Chris Kirk, I think he fits this golf course well. He's just a solid, consistent player. I don't think he's going to win at all, but I could see him getting the top 20. Then I'm going to go up to a potential winner, $9,100, Kevin Kisner. Ooh, I think this golf course fits him great. It's going to be wedges and putters, and I like him. Um, he has mm. been playing well, top 10 at Travelers. He had that fantastic uh, round at St. Andrews. Made the cut on the number, ended up finishing 21st. So I think he's feeling good about his game. Had a week off, a little rest, get acclimated. And I think this golf course fits him great. And then first time winner this week on the PGA Tour. He's going to get off the schneid. 10,100, Cam Young. He's going to go. He's never won a, he's never won a PGA like Tour a, event? Never like won a, a PGA Tour event. I think he's going to use a little bit of the DeChambeau. So DeShambo won here a couple of years ago. I think he's going to kind of bomb and gouge his place, overpower yeah. it, hit a lot of wedges in. Um, and I think Cam Young yeah. is going to get his first win of the season and just solidify, or sorry, excuse me, validify his rookie of the year. That's right. Win. So yeah. Yeah. I think I'm, I think I'm fairly confident in my team. We'll see a couple yeah. question marks, but well, you never know, but all right, gents. Without further ado, that that's it. Unless you guys have any more fucking live talk, we'll save that for the next the next week. All right. Good luck. Hopefully, everyone can find it on YouTube when you're surfing your channels. <laughs> uh, hopefully, your internet's solid and it doesn't get dropped. Um, you can watch watch all those washed up old guys um, play for a lot of money that they don't deserve. So, I'm excited. <laughs> I'll be tuned in. I'll definitely I, I know you will be. I definitely will. I'm just excited when DraftKings we move to live and versus the PJ Tour. And yeah. I, I, I mean, I will watch as well. I always try to tune in a little bit just to see it, so I can make fun of it and mock it and have some material the next week. And we can listen to yeah. Jerry Fultz and Arlo White, who I forgot his would name you, last week. David would, you a, would you rather do DraftKings for the the 3M Open last week or a live event with? 20 of the the participants being you know top 50 players in the world i mean i was not 20 by the way it's like five no i'd say it's higher than that no it's not i'll take a look but it's not i'd say you'd you'd have more than five players that are top 50 players in the world 
And if you were to compare the 3M Open and the the adjacent 3M or the adjacent Live Golf event, I would say the more players, higher rate players are playing the Live Golf event as opposed to the 3M event. Yeah, it's close. Yeah, but then you also got Scott Vincent and you got um, sure, sure. But we also look Davis, at the, that's, Davis that's Mike's Puig new JC Richie. And look at the know. bottom, look at the bottom 75 guys on on the, the draft king. Yeah, list. but there's only like, but there's only 48 guys in the field. Sure. And when sure. when 15 of them are, you never heard of, that's bad. Yeah, no, no question. But you also have are we, we reigniting the live talk. Or, no, or we're, high, done. we're done. We're done. We're done with this. We'll take this offline. We're done with this. Um <laughs> I'm cutting it for the show. We'll take this offline. Uh, after the uh, after the show here, but um, for our listeners, thank you for tuning in. We are working on some more guests. If you haven't listened to the Joe Bramlett interview, go listen to it. We appreciate it. Download, link, like, subscribe, leave us some reviews, and we will be back next week to break down the Rocket Mortgage Classic at the Detroit Golf Club. Cheers. <laughs>